by the grace of God, today we are going to begin our New Year series. And I told you that we are going to we are still continuing in our growth, but we are going to be limiting our conversations or let me say streamlining our conversations to leadership. Um Many of us have a flawed knowledge or understanding of what leadership is. You know, like I was saying to you some weeks ago, some people think that when you are a leader, you now wear white tagbada and you carry some SUVs with hillocks. And those hillocks will be doing woo, 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 woo. And everybody will be clearing, clearing the way for you. Some people have that understanding of leadership. But that's not what leadership is, you know. And um, the way God works, like I've told you several times, God cannot accomplish anything here on earth without involving man. And for God to be able to work effectively, he introduced a system that operates in heaven into our, into our world so that there can be order. So that there can be order. If you remember, when the Bible was talking to us about the beginning, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Some translations will say there was chaos. So God needed to introduce a system called leadership to us so that there can be order in what he does. And I've shared with you here before that God operates a prototype system. God operates a prototype system. So whenever he wants to do something, he creates a system and then allows the system to flow or operate on its own. And that's what happened in the beginning when God created man. God wanted to create people to inherit the earth. So he created a man and a woman in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says he blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. And that man and woman came together and they began to reproduce, you know, and their reproduction filled the earth. So if God wanted one billion people to appear, he could have just snapped his fingers at the Garden of Eden. One billion people will appear. When the Garden of Eden looks too small, God will just blow breeze. <laughs> Some will find themselves in Africa. Some will find themselves in Europe. Some will find themselves like that. God could have done it that way. No, but he operates a system. When he wanted to select the people of Israel as his own people, he didn't just go to one desert land and snap his fingers. No, he called Abraham out of his father's house and with him a prototype. And then he began to go like that. And that's how God works. When God begins to walk, he, he looks for an individual, man or woman, puts them in a position and then allows systems to begin to walk around them. So God uses leadership to advance the human race. God uses leadership to advance his creation. Imagine there were no leaders Imagine there were no systems of leadership in place. There will be chaos. Because A will not listen to B. B will not care what C thinks. C will not be interested in what D is saying. And there will be chaos. But leadership 
allows the creation of God to operate in order. That is why there has to be leadership. Leadership is ordained, established by God. Follow me to the Bible, Numbers chapter 27. Let me show you an interesting part of scripture. In Numbers chapter 27, I'm going to read verses 15 to 21. And um, what happened at this time was, Moses was, God told Moses, that, oh yeah, it's time up, I'm taking you away from here. And then Moses began to pray and ask God for a leader. That's the prayer point that he's, he started in verse 15. He says, And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them. I'm coming back to this phrase. Which, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them. Then he says, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in. He says that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. When there is no leadership, there's chaos. They begin to move like sheep without shepherd. 18, let's go on. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit, in man in whom is the spirit, and lay thy hand upon him. I will explain that what that means later. Let's go on. 19. And set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and give him a charge. Meaning, give him authority in the sight of the people. Verse 20. He says, And thou shalt put some of thy honor upon him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. That means they will listen to him. Verse 21. He says, And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest who shall ask counsel of him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord, at his word shall they go out. And at his word they shall come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. So Moses prayed for a leader. It was time. If you notice... They were mentioning Eleazar the priest. You know? Because by that time, Aaron had gone. So it was time for Moses to go. And he prayed. So from these verses that we have read, I want us to look at certain things, if you ask, answer some questions about leadership. For those of you who are writing, if you want to look for the title, the title is, What is Leadership? Those of you who are writing, they have been waiting for me to call type to since. What is leadership? So you, you, you can be happy. So, but I want to use these few scriptures that we read to run through some questions to give us a better understanding of what leadership is. So the first question we are going to ask is our topic, what is leadership? You will find that in verse 17. In verse 17, the question of what is leadership, the answer is in verse 17. It says, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, 
and which may lead them out and which may bring them in. Do you understand? The leader is the one who will first go out. Then he will now come back. Then now lead the people out. Put that verse 17 again. It says, which may go out before them. Then go in before them. And then he may lead them out. So the leader is not the one who just sits back and says, be going. The leader will first go. And be sure that it's okay. Then the leader will now come and tell the people, oh yeah, follow me. Let's go. If you are looking for a definition, a leader is the one who has the ability to first inspire himself or herself and then inspire others to move in a particular direction. The leader must be able to inspire himself first. He must be able to go out then come back and tell the people I have gone. It is okay. Now let's go. If the leader goes out and it's not okay, he will come back and tell them that I have gone. It is not okay. Let's hold on. That's leadership. The ability to inspire yourself and others to move in a particular direction. And this inspiration of others is, is, is generated from your own example. If I tell the church we are fasting, it means I have fasted before I tell the church to join me in fasting. That's leadership. So if you are interested in knowing the definition of leadership, that is it right there. The person who has ability to inspire himself or herself first then can inspire others to move in a particular direction. How can a leader say we should do something and the leader has not done it? How? The leader has not paid sacrifice. The leader say we should sacrifice. No, that's not leadership. And I want the church, as we're going through this series, to open up your mind so that you can begin to understand some of these things. Because many of us are used to a particular system of leadership and we have come to adopt that as our own definition. No. Because something has been done wrongly doesn't mean you should do it wrongly too. So the leader is the one who, first of all, inspires himself to move in a particular direction, then can then inspire others to join him or her in that direction. Second question. My time is spent, so I'm going to be fast. Second question. Why is leadership important? Verse 17 answers the question. After he said, which may go out before them, which may go in before them, 
and which may lead them out and which may bring them in, it says that the congregation of the Lord may not, may, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep without shepherd. When there is no leadership, there will be chaos. So the question of why is leadership important? Leadership is important because for anything to work, there has to be order. Every time there is chaos and confusion, nothing works there. You cannot operate in a chaotic environment. So leadership is supposed to calm environments down so that things, there can be progress. There can be progress. Have you seen any, any country that is fighting war and they are building infrastructure? You say, ah, we need a new airport in a country that is fighting war. No, where there's chaos, where there's confusion, there can be progress. There cannot be progress. Imagine going to the hospital. Imagine going to the hospital. And uh, in the hospital, there's no leader. Just doctors everywhere. And you now go and tell the doctor, ah, doctor, I have, my head is aching me. This doctor will say, okay, from that symptoms, I think you have this. So when you leave here, buy this, buy this. As you are going around, they say, oh, no, 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 this rubbish, this rubbish. Who gave this to you? Dr. Koro, ah, Dr. Koro doesn't know anything. It's a junior colleague. Come, let me give you another prescription. As the one is going to say, ah, those doctors, they are, they are, I'm a professor of medicine. When there is no order, when there is no leadership, there will be chaos. Have you seen, sorry to say, but uh, Nigerian lawyers, have you seen them when they come on that, all those TV programs in the morning? Something happened. Who is right? Who is wrong? Is that not simple enough? This person, is he right? Is he wrong? This person, according to section 67, hmm, article 12 of the act of this, this lawyer has his opinion. They will bring 10 lawyers. They will tell us 10 different things on the same matter. In fact, I usually wonder, I tell my wife sometimes, that why do they bother to bring this? Because they leave us more confused. Yeah. If you see all those breakfast shows they do on, on, uh, on TV, so, you know, according to um, the Constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, 1999, as amended, section 15, you know, subsection 3. Take notice, take note that subsection 3 is a, a follow-up of subsection 2. So, for you to understand subsection 3, you have to read subsection 2. And reading subsection 2 takes you back to article 15. <laughs> what are you saying? Is he right or is he wrong? You're confusing us. That's what happens when there is no leadership. The Bible says, so that the sheep, the, the congregation of Israel, will not be like sheep without shepherds. When there is sheep without shepherd, there's confusion. Now understand that whether there is shepherd or there's no shepherd, sheep is still sheep. But what the shepherd will do is that he will give them direction. When the shepherd is not available, you will find out that the sheep is not able to make progress. It is the introduction of a shepherd 
that begins to give them direction, then progress is made. So that's why we need leadership for progress. Have you ever been to <laughs> have you ever been to that uh, have you ever been to that uh, traffic at a Lewis before? How many of you have been have passed that place? That traffic at Eliuzu. Sheep without shepherd. Everybody just driving as if. Uh... But this is what happens. In the midst of that chaos, eh? somebody just comes down from his car, abandons his own car. Remember, he will first go out and come in before he will inspire other people. Somebody will abandon where he's going, step into that traffic, and begin to say, you, move, you, stop. Give it some time. Everything begins to flow. Is that correct? That's exactly what we're talking about. When there is no shepherd, there's chaos. Progress cannot be made. Number three, question number three. Let's move quickly. So question number three now is, who is a leader? In verse 16, who is a leader? Verse 16. Verse 16 says, this is the prayer of Moses. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who is a leader? Number one, a leader is anyone that is set above a congregation. Once somebody is lifted above a group of people, that person is a leader. If you go to the hospital, since I've been using doctor as example, if you go to the hospital and uh, you get to see the doctor, even if the doctor is your friend, the doctor will ask you questions about your health and you answer, right? Abi, do you say, ah, come on now, you're my guy, why are you asking me, you should know all these things. No. Why? Because even if the doctor is your friend, in that situation, the doctor is set above you. When you come to a church setting like this, the pastor is set above the congregation. When you go to that traffic at Eliozu that I used as an example a while ago, the man that abandoned his car to help with the traffic is set above all the other car users. So, who is a leader? First answer, any man or woman who is set above a group of people. At that time in the hospital, your friendship with the doctor does not count. What counts is his competence. He has a particular set of skills that he has acquired over the years to be able to help you out. So take, for instance, in church, the pastor is the man, the leader, because he's set above the congregation. And then the pastor goes to the hospital to go and see the doctor. Is the pastor going to say, <laughs> you know I'm a pastor? When I talk, people sit down. I stand up and I talk. So, as I'm talking to you now, just sit down. Is that, is that what's going to happen there? No. The, doc, the pastor will sit down. When the 
doctor asks the pastor question, the pastor will answer. Why? Because in that scenario, the doctor is set above the pastor. So who is a leader? Any man or woman that is set above a group of people, that's the leader. It doesn't matter whether the person is old or is young. But once you are set above a group of people and you have acquired a set of skills or you have, or you have some competences that allow you to address certain situations over a group of people, you are the leader. So your Uber or boat driver in a transport situation is the leader. The traffic warder in a traffic situation is the leader. The mechanic in your vehicle situation is the leader. Anybody that has a particular set of skill that allows you to be set above a group of people, that's the leader. So it's not people that only do Agbada like this. And they, <coughs> and they begin to talk. No. Any man or woman that has a set of skills or certain capacities or competences that allow him or her to be set above people, that's leader. Number two, just like we read before, any man or woman that knows where he or she is going, that's a leader. Yeah. The reason you trust the doctor is because you are sure that the doctor knows what they are doing. The reason you trust your mechanic is because you are sure your mechanic knows what they are doing. The reason you trust the pastor is because you are sure that the pastor knows what he's doing. If you are not sure of what these people are doing, you will not submit yourself to them. So anyone, man or woman, that knows where, knows the way, and knows where they are going, that's the leader. I've told you two things now. Number one, who is the leader? Anyone? You have to say it properly. Let's go. Anyone that is set above. Number two. And then number three, anyone that is able to take people to where they want to go. There are some people who know where they are going. But they do not have the ability to take people to where they are going. That's leadership. So that number three question of who is the leader will bring us straight to number four question. I'm trying to rush this thing because, because of time. Number four question is, is everyone a leader? Is everyone a leader? Yes, some people are born with leadership traits, leadership characteristics. Some people are born, you know, into certain positions that make them leaders. But the truth of the matter is that even it's just like uh, uh, Prince Williams now. You know Prince Williams? Uh -huh. he, was Duke, he was Duke of Edinburgh. His grandmother died. His father became king. He now moved. Now he's Prince of uh, Wales. Abi? So you can see that he was born into the situation. You understand what I'm saying? So was born into the situation. That's, that's, 
that's that's how it is so when answering the question is everybody a leader the truth is this the fact that people were born into situations like that or find themselves in situations like that don't make them effective leaders let's go to verse 18 of our text the answer is in verse 18 It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit, in whom is the spirit, and do what? And lay hands on him. Lay hands on him. That laying of hands on him means... Train him, mentor him, discipline him, pass him through certain exercises that will make him become an effective leader. Yes, part of laying hands is the anointing. That's true. But certain other set of skills and competencies are important. So even if somebody is born into a position, if the person has not developed themselves, they will not be able, they will not be effective leaders. You know the story of, uh, you know, uh, Lion King, Abi? You know that story, Abi? Uh, uh, Mufasa was king, Abi? Scar was his brother, Abi? Now let me ask you a question. Quickly, yes or no question. Was Mufasa a good king? Was Scar a good king? Good. Was Mufasa a lion? Was Scar a lion? Because being a lion and the brother of a king does not mean you are going to be a good king. So the fact that people find themselves in position like all those uh, our people doesn't mean. Why? Because for you to be a good leader you need to pass through certain tests. You need to be able to build certain capacities and competencies. Have a particular set of skills that allow you to be effective as a leader. Yeah. So, even somebody who has uh, oratory, who's able to speak well, stand in front of people and say, I want you all to know that on this day, I pledge myself to you and I will do everything within my power to make sure that I am part. That one is talk. And you know what they say about talk? Talk is what? It's cheap. Anybody can talk the talk. Anybody can talk. The fact that people have certain oratory abilities, certain, like we say in this part of the world, some demo in their body. No, it doesn't make... Effective leadership means you you, you must have passed through training. You must have passed through exercises, discipline. You must have passed through things. Remember, it is the leader that will first go out. And then when everything is good, the leader will now come and tell the people, let us go. And let me tell you one of the things that we have, one of the bacterias that we have in Africa. Somebody said this, I think it was last week. 
one of the bacteria we have in, in Africa is that in Africa, we vote for people who have not built anything. And then when they get there, we expect them to build something. Do you understand what I just said now? People have never done anything for themselves. They have not been able to successfully gather even their own family. And then we vote them in and we now expect them to do well. No! Why? Because the Agbada or the, uh, the demo or the Ezgi or the Orange, whatever, it doesn't make for effective leadership. No. A leader or every, anyone that is going to be a leader must pass through certain things. That's why the Bible says, listen, that we do not have a high priest who is not touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Why? Jesus Christ has gone through the things that we are going through. So you can call him a leader. Why? Because he has gone out and he has come back in. He's now telling us, let's go. Leadership means service. Leadership means understanding. It takes a whole lot. We'll be talking about that in this series. We, it, see, it, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me go somewhere small. Somebody wants to be the president of this country. And we cannot look at a track record and say this. Let, let me tell you something. In the U.S., Eh? In the United States of America, everybody that has run for presidency before now, eh? they always check their family life. Is he a man of one wife? Is it this? Is it sober? Is it he's not taking to drink? Is, they check all those things in First Timothy. We are going to read it next time. Don't worry, we'll go there. Oh, we are talking about another aspect of leadership. And the US people from 18, whatever, they have been following that method. They have been following that system until the last time. Someone that's married, divorced, married, divorced, married, they now voted for him. When he went there, you, you, you know what's up. Why? Because leadership is not by braggado. There are a particular set of skills that you must develop for you to be a leader. And I don't want you to look at it as if I'm trying to attack one leader or one president or one aspirant somewhere. No, I'm trying to challenge you. That you need to change your understanding of leadership. Some people believe that once they have some change in their pocket and they are able to share some money here and there, then they are leader. No! Because the leader is the one who goes out first. How would you understand what we are talking about in terms of economy when it's not affecting you? When you have not been there before? Yeah, we've not been there before. The leader goes out and sees what's up and then comes back in. So it's for you to understand. My time is up. Let's go to the one more question and then we close. How do leaders lead? Let me answer that question. And then we close because we, we still have our New Year Thanksgiving to go to. Verse 20. Verse 20 says, And thou shalt put some of thy honor upon him, 
that the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Listen, putting of honor is a simple word to tell you that every leader needs to be given leadership. Yeah. Every leader, every leader needs to be given an authority. When we employ policemen in this country, just because we want to be able to give them some level of authority, even though we give them ID cards and all those things, we still give them a uniform. That uniform that they wear signifies the authority given to them by the government to be able to raise their hand at you like this and do like this, and then you stop and you pack. Abi, if another person that is dressed like me enter the center of the road and do like this, will you stop? No. Why? Because what I am wearing is not the authority of people that stand and do like this. So every leader must get authority from somewhere. The pastor, he must get his authority from somewhere. I did not just wake up one day and say, oh, I feel like going to Port Harcourt. No, somebody sent me here. Somebody gave me a letter and said, resume at the MFMU church in Port Harcourt. If I'm going to live here, somebody else is going to give me another letter and say, leave this place and go to this other place. Every leadership authority is given. And there's still another angle to it. Even when the leadership is given, the set of people who you have been set above or set over have to approve the leadership. So, take for instance, I was given letter and I came here. I came here on Sunday morning. All of you are not here. Who will I preach to? Okay, my wife will be sitting here. Maybe Jedidiah will be here. Ebziba will be in the choir. That's all. Yeah. Because for me to be able to say I am a leader, the strength of the leader is, the, the validity of the leader is in the strength of his followers. So if you are not leading people, or the people that you are leading, if they are not following you, it's zero over zero. So every leadership authority is borrowed and it is critical for effective leadership. The way you handle leadership is very important. Um, you know, we have different types of this leadership. Number one is functional leadership. Functional leadership is the one that is based on competence, character, skill. All those things I've been saying since morning. That's the competent leadership. For instance, somebody, for somebody to be in a hospital and be a doctor, the person needs to go through some training. Spend like almost 20 years education. Abi, go to nursery school, do primary school, three years, sorry, six years, do university. Okay, primary school, six years. Secondary school, six years. That's 12. Do, how many years is, love, is medical school? Seven years, as when there's no strike. Seven plus, uh, seven plus 12 is what, 19? Then we now do housemanship. Housemanship, how many? One year. 
That's how many? 20. They after, you know, you doing YSC after that. That's how many years? 21 years. Somebody has been loaded with information for 21 years. So when the person sits down and asks you a question, you will answer. So take for instance now, you go to the hospital and you meet, they say you are going to see the doctor in the, uh, room 3. You carry your card or your file and you enter room 3. When you open the door, you see somebody wearing a white robe, very white. But it's your mechanic. If the, if the mechanic asks you a question, will you answer? You first, he said, what are you doing here? Especially if it's all those mechanics that have, they have not treated your car <laughs> nicely. You say, what, what are you doing here? He said, I, I, I went to medical school. Hey, you were not able to handle machine. You now want to handle human being? No. You go as I say, please, I want to see another doctor. That's it. So, the first type of leadership, how leaders lead, is the functional leadership that comes from the set of skills that have been developed. This is the best kind of leaders. The best kind of leaders. Number two, quickly, is the situational leadership. Situational leadership is based on something just happened around a particular time. You remember after the oil was poured on the head of Saul and Saul got to a place and he began to prophesy. It was situational. Because after that time, Saul did not prophesy again. Or like the example I gave you of the traffic man who abandons his car just to make sure that the traffic flows. That's situational leadership. After that time, he enters his car and go. But the challenge with situational leadership is that so many people find themselves in situational leaderships and they stay there. So that guy who stepped out of his vehicle a pre the previous night to clear the traffic, we find out by the next morning he has so uniform. He has parked his car. It's now there. And that's how many of us find ourselves. Situations just allow us to be leaders. And then things begin to go wrong. Number three is positional leadership. Positional leadership is, uh, <laughs> is usually the weakest type of leadership because positional leadership is simply based on your position or your status. Just, it's just based on your position or your status. Some people find themselves in this kind of position, like the person who shares money because I have money, just share it and believe that. Hey, you, sit down. Sit down. They're not sitting down because of anything. It's because of the money. Positional leadership. I was giving you the example of the Prince of, of, the Prince of Wales, Prince William. He was born Duke of Edinburgh. His grandma died. He became Prince of Wales. If his father goes tomorrow, he becomes King of England. Positional, they just move. Now, for, for somebody like Prince Williams, he had to enroll in the Air Force. Why? To turn his positional leadership 
into functional leadership. How? Enrolling in the Air Force will allow him to acquire sets of skills. So people find themselves in positional leadership. Like that guy who always stands in front of the pastor's office after service. You know that guy? That guy that always stands in front of my office after service. He's positional leadership. Yeah. And they say, hey, hey, nobody should make noise here. Hey, sit down, sit down, don't make noise. It's positional, and whether you like it or not, you will sit down. The worst that will happen is that when you enter pastor, you say, pastor, I don't like the way the guy talks to me, pastor, will say, don't be afraid, don't worry, don't worry. I'm, I'm sorry, have mercy on him. I will continue, Abi. It's positional leadership. So many people, it is their brother that has sense. Eh? It's their brother that has power. But the way they always behave, hey, Positional leadership is acquired by status or position. You just find yourself somewhere. Like those guys in university that they call class rep. They always behave like lecturer. It's positional leadership. I remember when I was in, univer- when I was in university. Our class rep, you know, when, when you come in year one, you are very obedient. Very... When we got to year three... This is our class rep. That's welcome. Please, I, 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 uh, I want to raise a motion here. And the motion is that uh, this is our class rep. It's not serious. He's behaving like we are his servants. So, therefore, I move a motion to this house that want to take him out and put another person. All those in favor say aye. The old... The old Class, chorus, I. The eyes have it. You are out of the place. And the guy stood up and was saying, Nobody can. Is it your father's property? We will go and tell the HOD that we don't want you again. We want another person. Why is your blood rushing? Or are they paying you salary for this? And that was the end, though. It's positional leadership. And a lot of people find them, it's the weakest form of leadership. A lot of people find themselves in that position and they begin to carry their shoulder like this. Do you, do, 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 do you know who I am? Have you ever seen the governor or a president having conversation with somebody and be telling you, do you know who I am? We already know you. So if you are telling us, do you know who I am? You are nobody. Yeah, because the president does not announce the president. By the time the apparatus of the president is coming, we will know that somebody is coming. But when you reach there, you are telling that you know who I am. Uh, according to the Bible, you have to react. Let us now re-examine ourselves. This one that you are telling us, you know who I am. That's positional leadership. So I want to stop here now. We will continue next Sunday by the grace of God. But this is what I want you to understand. The reason I took time to answer these questions. When you get back home, go and study it. Or better still, I want you to take some kind of analysis between what you understand as leadership and what you have been exposed to today. So that when you see something that is wrong as a leader, listen to me, the reason we keep, we keep, um, the reason we keep producing the same kinds of leaders, especially in this country, 
is because by default you become what you see. So people who are intellectuals who go into places and we expect them to do well because of what they constantly see. Before you know what's happening, they begin to behave like them. That's the truth. So we must understand, remember, that we are coming from a year of entering uncharted territories. And I told you one of the last words that God spoke to us last year in this church is that God is about to lift men and women and plant them in places from this church. So it's important that we begin to pay attention to this issue of leadership so that when you find yourself, you will know that, okay, this one I am, it's not uh, functional, it's, uh, it's positional. This place I am now is not uh, positional. Okay, even if it is positional, I can do one or two, three things to be able to make it functional. That's why you see a coach, somebody has been coaching a football or whatever sports club for a while. They take out the coach and they put the assistant. And the assistant, they sack the assistant after two weeks. Why? Because the assistant was there. The assistant was there for a long time, a situational leader. Assistant to the yoga, the functional leader. And the, 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 the assistant did not make use of the opportunity to improve his or her skill to be functional. So when the leader stepped out, the, other, the assistant came in, there became a problem. And that's why we keep recycling different kinds of leaders around us. I pray for you today that especially in this new year, as we go through this series on leadership, God will begin to give you revelations of your assignment. I believe your amen can be bigger than that. God will begin to open your eyes to see what he has called you to do for him. In the name of Jesus. Rise to your feet, beloved. We'll continue next week by the grace of God. Close your eyes and say this one prayer point for yourself. Say, oh God, my Father. I believe you can say it better than that. Position me to work for you this year. And prepare me for it. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and decree. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Our Father and our Lord, we want to say thank you for your kindness and for your love. Thank you for starting us today in 2023. We return all the glory to your name. We say be thou exalted, Father, in the name of Jesus. Today, Lord, as we have gathered here, our prayer 
is that throughout the year 2023, we shall operate in glorious manifestations. Everyone that is under the sound of my voice, as we continue in this series of leadership, God will begin to empower you to do good things for him. God will begin to, the spirit of God will begin to push you towards your divine purpose. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Praise the name of the Lord.